So I'm gl- I'm glad you you mentioned journalism because let me tell you something. I read your you went to Columbia after that, right? Yeah, I went to Columbia after. Okay, so I read your thesis. Yeah. Right? On on sexuality and what was it called? Uh, eat the booty like a bag of groceries. Yeah. Right. First of all, when I read the title, I was like, "Eat the booty like a bag of groceries." What the fuck? And then I read, "Listen, that shit was mind blowing." So I, I have some questions for you. Yeah. Right? Because uh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was about to just go. <clears throat> just focus on you being at NYU and everything, but when you mentioned journalism, I was like, I got to touch on this. So, okay, um, I need you to elaborate on a few things, right? So, you you talk about black hypersexuality, okay, and you know about black men being caught between this constant threat of sexual subjugation and the possibility of sexual freedom, right? Which I found fascinating, right? Could you elaborate a little bit on that for me? Yeah. So, okay, so. What I just want to take one step back, like what prompted me to write this thesis? So like, uh, got, like she got to eat the booty like groceries. That was an Omarion song. Yeah. Janae Aiko at the time came out, and there was a lot of talk on the internet about like analingists and like men getting their booty in, and like Trick Daddy was saying he was into it. Yeah, yeah. And I was reading the comments. Austin, Austin likes the booty. Eats. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, no judgment. I'm no all, judgment. No judgment. Yeah. yeah. So like, I was in the comments of these forums, and people were like, "Oh, Trick Daddy's gay," and like, I was so intrigued by how someone could be considered gay just from the sex act they're doing, regardless of the participants. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if it was a heterosexual couple, but like, if you know, if it's a man and a woman, it doesn't matter. But just the fact that they did this anal act like that's gay just like yeah oral sex with anal stuff is or butt play as they call it like is gay yo i mean we we, yeah. we grew up like that like yo don't touch my butt so yeah like i was intrigued by that yeah. and then i do know and and i was you know africana studies major undergrad and in graduate school i studied mostly african-american studies um so i knew that hypersexuality for black men is something ingrained even as back, like as far back as like the colonial period, like pre-colonial explorers, um, they s- spoke a lot in their travel diaries about like these black men that are like sexually insatiable. So they're writing these things. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. There's like tons of um, like pre-slave trade r- writings from like uh, European explorers going into Africa. And they would write about black people as if they were animals, right? Yeah. They would call the women just like hyper, hyper fertile. Like their whole purpose is to like have multiple children and they seem like disconnected from their children. They're just popping them out. Like it's really fucked up stuff. And these are just assumptions they just made. Yeah, it's visual, just from observations. And, yeah. and these were these were treated seriously like within the like explorer community, within like academic journals. Like this was like... This was anth- this is early anthropology. Yeah. Um. So there was already, um, tons of background information for European people to view black men as hypersexual. So then you know you you come to the U.S. Now we're in the slave era, and you know these the slave masters they're legit afraid of like this pervasive hypersexuality of black men it was like you have to keep them away from the white women because they're just so hypersexual they can't be controlled so that stuff still proliferates into culture today yes definitely totally definitely Um, and it's 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 in like 
all kind of mass marketing and media always today. Yeah. It's still very much true today. Yeah. And, and and to speak to um, you know what you said earlier about you know any sort of anal play being um, you know linked to homosexuality or whatnot. The great irony in that is when you're watching sports, you see athletes slap each other in the ass like you know, yeah, stop, and, there, and there is no because I guess sports makes it okay. There is some sort of uh, it's 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 a it's a pass. Yeah, we're doing something extra masculine and shit like that. And so I'm gonna smack you on the ass, but it, I can I can do that. But, yeah, it's like a safe space, and there's definitely writers who've written about the locker room as this like safe space for like homoeroticism and exploration, yeah. Yeah. but within this container of like hyper masculine idea of sports and team sports. So I feel like because it's like oh, but we're football players, we're we're basketball players, like it like. Yeah, it's like this accepted space for it. But then outside the locker room, it's like you can't do that. Yeah. That's yeah. not okay. You are gay if you're if you're partaking in that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's brilliant that you, you know, you use that title to to open up that topic. You talk about black sexuality being um considered perverse and worthy of suspension and increased monitoring. Yeah. Monitoring, right? And the shift is also in tandem with incarceration, right? And the rate of black men being locked up, um, the over policing, um, specifically the over-policing of our neighborhoods. Can you touch a little bit on that? Yeah, so when I was, you know, exploring these topics for this thesis, I just made so many connections where I was just like, okay, this is so fascinating that, you know, there. so there were articles written about, like, the booty-eating renaissance, and it was like, yeah. as most things are, like, when white people do it, there's no racial connection to it, right? So it's like, None. it almost feels like white people have, like, such a safe space to explore sexuality with no implications right so it's like why can't black people do that like what is making it so challenging for black men to explore sexuality in any way and black women too and you know my thesis right my thesis advisor was like yo you should look into like some of the aids crisis and i was like damn that's so real because you know, I'm sure you remember the down low, right? Of, like, cor of course. The down of course, low yeah, had the black people on a chokehold yeah, yeah. because they were just like, I, there was this one, right? I feel like it was Terry McMillan. I feel like it was her, where her husband like was was having sex with other men and passed her AIDS. It, I, it was some author or whatever. And then that just became like, everyone had a moral panic. They were just like, this could happen to me. Like, so we start, I feel like, the policing of black sexuality was even then too, because right, yeah. you know, you have AIDS directly connected to homosexuality, and then black people were getting heavily affected by AIDS, right? Yeah. Like they yeah. we were one of the most infected populations. So I feel like there felt this need to morally police like sexuality, and then you tie that into respectability politics, right? Because like, you know, black people do want to aspire to like move up in society and be seen a certain way so if we are seen or tied to hypersexuality then that seems that that's seen as counterproductive to like social escalation right yeah. yeah so it's really hard and i think that that is why there's also you know in increased monitoring socially but then as well like the cops do monitor black people excessively stop and frisk was super prevalent you know, even back when I was writing this article or this thesis in grad school, um, and I couldn't help but notice, like, you know, when people are stopped and frisked, it's always like the the exterior, like you're always back facing. You mentioned that yeah. on assume the position. Always right? assume yeah. the position. You're always from the back. And like, it's like 
a subconscious like you know that that is the least powerful the most vulnerable position for someone to be in with their back facing you right yeah. like um so these are so yeah these were just all some of the things that i was like thinking about were like why like anal play for black men is just such a touchy subject so two things um to touch on the the, the assume the position which is you know <clears throat> ironic because you know in rap music you hear that which it's tied to you know sexuality right and um being patted down yeah and comparing all of that and you know spread myself I, off camera we were talking about I, you know I, I was locked up in la county for, wow. for a little bit of time and you know I, one of my duties was to work in the kitchen and every time after we finished our jobs after working in the kitchen we had to come upstairs to a gigantic holding cell and all of us had to pull our pants down open up our ass cracks bend over and get examined and you know you got the sense that you know it was just this thing that was passed down yeah. you know from generational policing to generational policing and it was obviously you know some people hide razor blades in their ass and this that and the ass but it was a prolonged thing and you yeah. could tell it was to humiliate rather than to just you know thoroughly search you know and everyone would be like why do i have to hold my ass open this long what i mean you know but it was like this humiliation thing you know so it, it's really interesting when I read your article to see how strongly that was linked, because you, ex especially for a person like me that experienced it, right? Yeah. But I never linked the two, touching on the whole down low thing, right? Um, <clears throat> some time ago, I did a uh, anthology series called the DL Chronicles, right? Oh. And I didn't want to do it, and I because I was, I didn't want to be looked at as gay. So I went to my acting teacher, which was a gay Latino man, and I was like, yo, I, I, you know, I booked a job. They want me to you know, they do some gay stuff. I don't want to do it. And he was like, man. What the fuck are you? you? Are you booking jobs right now? Are you are you somebody I know? And I'm like, nah. He was like, well, the work is all that's important. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's all that's important. Go do the work. And, you know, he's like, if it's, if it's a good script, go ahead and do it. I did it. You know, I uh, didn't think anything of it. And it turned into this huge thing. Like, really huge thing, right? Where there was like a billboard on La Brea with, with me with my shirt off going like this. And, you know, it was... <clears throat> And people used to run up, mainly gay men, yeah. used to run up on me all through the Hollywood area and be like, oh, and call me by the character's name and stuff like that. And, and and obviously, you know, I'm young. I don't know. And I'm not homophobic, but I am kind of homophobic. Right, right. You know, yeah. Not. So I'm like, and they, and they call me by the character's name and be like, oh, you didn't want to talk to me. And I'd be like, oh, get away from me, leave me alone. And I, I it, it would be to the point where it was extremely embarrassing. The billboard was right next to California <laughs> Chicken Cafe. On, on, <laughs> oh on, 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 right on, it was on the brand with California Chicken Cafe right now. So, and California Chicken Cafe was like my favorite place to go get chicken and, and salad. Yeah. So every time I would go in there, the fucking workers would be like, "Oh, it's boo. You don't need to call me by the character name." I'd be like, "Man, shut the fuck up, man. Stop saying that. Give me some chicken and get up out of here." Oh my god. And they would say that, and it was, it was, I was on Facebook at the time, and so people would reach out to me and be like, "Yo, we love that episode of you." Can we fly you out to talk to the talk and this, that, and other? And I would, wow. I'd, I'd be like, nah. I'd be like, nah, I got you know. And I had to go do a panel. I didn't want to do it. I had to go give out a GLAD award. I didn't want to do that, you know, because I just didn't want to be viewed as gay. And I remember my mom, you know, Jamaican, so yeah, the Jamaicans are oh, extremely homophobic. homophobic. I mean, they're still super homophobic. Anti-gay laws on the books in Jamaica right now. Yes, facts. Yeah. 
And my mom said, my father called her and was like, Jesus Christ, O'Neal. Yeah. So, so the movie, my friend tell him about the movie, O'Neal in, in the movie and with a man and kiss him and this. And my mom was like, yo, just relax. You know, he's acting. He's like, no, man. You know, it was a big, big thing. And for a long time, I was embarrassed about it. And I'm like, man, I want to be seen gay. And then, you know, as I got older and whatnot, you know, learned and got more educated. But I discovered I still had issues because when I would be in a sexual relationship with a woman, and she would try to, you know, touch my butt. I clench my butt cheeks really, really tight. Me, don't touch my butt. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want you to play with my butt. If you play with my butt, you think I, you know. So it's this. It's I had never linked all three. Yeah. And then when, when I was reading your article, I was like, God damn, this this all makes sense, you know. Um, so Michelle, I gotta ask, how how have you seen some of these themes play out with your interactions with black men? Um, so I've definitely seen it play out in like my own dating life. Um, I feel I am definitely a very sex positive person. I don't consider myself to be like, like, uh, heteronormative black woman in that way. Like I'm definitely more like gender nonconforming. Like I'm not like, I don't think if a man like wants to have their like anus stimulated in any way, like it makes them gay. Yeah. Right. So I feel like there have been black men that have been comfortable asking for those things with in my sexual interactions with them and a bit more like open minded to those things. But they have told me like, yo, I would never, ever do this with someone else or like. I would never tell my friends about this. Like so I would you never... provided a comfortable, yeah. comfortable space for them. And I think that that's like an unusual place for black men. Like I, I think in my, especially in the last few years of dating, I realized that like, even I too, like have fallen into some of the same, like hypersexualizing black men. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it is, you know, coming from talking to other women and being like, well, if they're not trying to have sex, then they probably don't like you. Like, all these assumptions and there's a lot of black men that are not like super hypersexual and they feel a pressure to meet that standard what you mean they don't want no ass yeah that's crazy yeah and they feel societal pressure to meet that they they know that like if they're not like if they don't come to the dating experience with like an energy like i'm definitely trying to fuck you like they've have already experienced women being like, are they gay? Like, are they not? like, you know, that is something that they internalize. Yeah. And I think because I'm, you know, I'm just like more sex positive and not so gender, like I don't follow gender norms in this rigid way. I think some black men that I've dated have been able to like explore outside of that boundary and realize, oh wow, like I really was like feeding into this pressure because I know that black women also think that if I'm not trying to have sex with them, I must not be into them. Now, see, I'm glad you said that because um, that's something, I might get in trouble for saying this, so I'm trying to word this the best way possible, but that's something that doesn't get addressed. Yeah. You know, I've had women say, are you gay? O- over a number of things. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, and then I I do what most men do, black men do, I, I, I masculine up, and I, 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 like, I'll beat the nigga ass, you ever kick, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. say something crazy to like, Gave my masculinity back. Like, I'll beat any nigga ass you know. You know, bring him in front of me. I'll do right. something right now that's extra masculine and, and prove it to you, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I I think a lot of uh, women, black women, <laughs> don't, don't, me. Uh, don't, don't admit to the fact that the pressure that they put on black men to be hyper-masculine and sexual, they don't admit that. 
And then when we do do all that, and we're like, what's up? What's up with the what's up? I'm trying to fuck or whatever, you know, or we do the masculine thing or whatever is considered, you know, because the, 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 the bad boy thing isn't just applied to black women, it's applied to women in general. Yeah. Women just like a dark entity and a dark thing around men because they think it's exciting and, 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 and you know, oh, you know, it gets their loins going and whatnot. But they don't really admit to the fact that there's pressure that they put on us to kind of be bad and cool and you know want to you know want to fucking be hypersexual to a certain extent you know and then when we do do it we catch heat for it yeah you know so i'm glad you said that and i have black male friends too that like you know they've had if they're if they don't lead with like a super hypersexual energy in pursuing a woman like that yeah the woman will be like are you gay right it's like takes them off guard they're like why is this person like society told me that this per if this person is interested in me they should be dying to have sex with me like the minute that they can and when they don't i feel like that's when a lot of black men that i'm friends with have been asked like are they gay are you gay are you whatever and for some of them i feel like they've felt even more pressure to perform sexually after that to basically like reclaim their masculinity and sexuality and like heterosexuality now yeah i'm glad you really said because when you couple that with the fact that we use our penis to take back our masculinity after yeah. we've been emasculated by, you know, obviously white people and oppression and whatnot, that's a bad combination. It is. And then yeah. when you add that third part of it that you just said about the pressure to perform, we don't have conversations. Like being with someone and saying, hey, do you like this? Do you not like that? Am I touching you in the wrong place? Should I not kiss you there? Where should I put my hand? What? We don't have that conversation. We go into it like, Man, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this shit out. <laughs> yeah, and there's this, this weird expectation. So this is another autistic thing for me. There's this weird expectation that men should know how you like things sexually without you talking about it. Yeah. And I that always blew my mind because like you know one of the traits of autism is like reading body language and like nonverbal cues super hard. So I've my friends make fun of me, but I'm always like, hey, like. I like you, I want to have sex with you, are you down for this, yes, no. Like, I'm very, like, upfront because if I have to read between the lines and, like, guess, like, what your intention, I can't do it. You've actually said that so much. Yes, I've always, this is, I always do. Are they taken back? Yes, they're always taken back. It's also a gender norm thing, too. They're like, whoa, I'm supposed to be the one telling, you know, I'm supposed to be the one pursuing you. I'm supposed to be the one, uh, you know, initiating the sexual thing. And and they're always off-put. Or often, some of them are like pleasantly surprised, like, "Oh, this is relieving. Yeah. I don't have to read and guess." Like, if you're into it, um, and I do this also because I know they're going to get it wrong because my body language is also not typical and doesn't always reflect what I'm interested in yeah. as an autistic person too. So I I feel like that's the only sexual interactions I do like is like very much a verbal consent. Like, do you like this? Like, yeah. what do you like before we even have sex? But I realize with my friends, when I talk about this with some of my women friends, they're just like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, they'll make fun of men at times for not knowing how to, like, you know, um, eat, like, eat their pussy correctly and stuff. And I'll be like, well, have you said what you liked? And they're like, nah, like, what they should know. Like, why? I can't tell them. I'm like, why can't you tell them? Yeah, it's this, it's, it's this taboo thing. It's almost as if, like, you need to remove the, and correct me if I'm wrong here, you have to remove the carnality out of it 
for a moment. Yeah. The cardinality a word? I keep saying cardinality. That'll fucking work. I don't know if that's a word, but I understand I, what you I just, mean, yeah. I create yeah. I create words. I don't understand why people judge me for creating words. That's that's how words got made. They got created. Cardinality is a word now. It's, look it up. Is that card? Uh, see what the temporal or worldly lack of spiritual vitality or maturity. So let's digress for a quick second. Yo, I'm rarely ever wrong when I make up words. I'll just be like, is this, is this a word? But my fucking lexicon is fucking gangster. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Let me go back to that. Remove the carnality out of it and have a conversation and say, hey, let's just, let's talk about what you like and let's talk about what I like. It's taken me years to be able to to, to do that. And, and I still have to force it out of myself. Like, I'm about to do some corny ass shit and ask her what she like. I'm the cor- this corny than a motherfucker. Corny. Everyone thinks everything's corny. That's yeah, like yeah. actually really holding us back too because there's nothing corny about verbalizing what you want actually like this is why people are having horrible sex because no one is comfortable verbalizing what they want and you're asking people to guess and read and like and and this is you know it if you want to enjoy sex and especially for myself like i can't enjoy sex without verbalizing what i want yeah yeah or else it's just not gonna be good yeah 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 yeah, corny is when you it's almost it's almost like when you come out of the womb as a young black man the first couple words you get handed is hey man pause and corny, you gonna use it a lot. <laughs> you use it a lot, yeah. my, my young niggas. Go out there and just use them. Yeah, I mean, you, you. Let's just be honest, man. Let's just be honest. It's linked to vulnerability. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like, oh god, uh, I gotta be vulnerable. I'd much rather just jump into this pool and try to figure out what she likes and roll the dice and hope I I roll the dice correctly. And it's not a good thing if you happen to get lucky and roll yeah. the dice correctly and you do please a woman. Because then you are under this uh, foolish notion and impression that, yeah, yeah, I know what women like sexually. I, I got it all figured oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, now it's like, yeah, it's, and then it's the one size fits all. It's like, oh, this yeah. worked one time. Yeah. And then sadly, also, I think some men, too, like in the absence of feedback, they assume they killed it, which, you know, <laughs> this is a thing, too. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. And you start repeating it, and if no one is comfortable saying, hey, like, I actually don't like that, you know, how will you know? There's no feedback. You can't change anything. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, porn too, and just like tons of sexual imagery on the internet, like men often do use those things they see in porn and assume that that's like what women want sexually. 1000%. Right. And it's like, 1, that's actually for entertainment. Like, and it's, it's for entertainment. And I think a lot of men and probably women too, like there, there's so much like gender norms tied to how you should, which role you should play in sex with like women want to play a passive role because yeah. someone told them that they see it on the internet, they see it in porn. Men want to always play the dominant role. And it's like, if, if those roles ever shift, now everyone's questioning people's sexuality, people, whatever. We don't feel like men. Yeah. We we don't feel like we're adequate enough. We feel like we're being undermined and emasculated, yeah. which gets tied back to you know, slavery and being policed and all that stuff. And then it trumps up all this trauma out of us and we don't know how to express it or or why we're feeling this way. We just know we need to act. Yeah. And then we have problems. And and like vulnerability is hot. And I feel like it's something that I wish You don't think that shit corny? You ain't never looked at a motherfucker like me corny as hell. So yes, I have before. I was, too, like I had a time I will admit that I was definitely fell prey to a lot of the toxic stuff that a lot of other women too were like oh this is corny that he does this or whatever like 
because you start to associate like a lot of this like hyper masculinity with like okay that's someone who's attractive that's like a strong man that's a man that you know is going to be sexually turning you on and then it stopped turning me on because it was yeah yeah you know i had a conversation with a it's kind of a friend a few days about that like you you'll hear the woman say she's like a, a thug or a Tupac type dude or you know back in the '90s and shit back in the yeah. '90s they'd be like you know Timberland boots and you know the soldier be a Beyonce Destiny Child and soldier yeah you know, you know what I'm saying but then when you get with someone like that and this hyper masculinity doesn't get turned off this aggression doesn't get turned off and he's on 24 seven and there's no whatever tenderness or soft interaction then it's like it gets redundant it gets and, really redundant it's and, very one-dimensional too yes yeah, yeah yeah but then i'm just gonna be real you you guys you know women black women make us feel like we need to because it's a confusing thing i heard i saw uh tyrese on some um oh, so- yeah, tyrese, yeah, tyrese. <laughs> i heard uh tyrese say the other day on some radio morning show that you know you guys say that you want black men to be open and to cry and to talk and whatnot, but then when we, he was like, but then when we do it, y'all roses and cookies, you know, like obviously, That's real. what more do you yeah. want from me? Like they cook it, they dis- they fucking destroyed him, yeah, for crying and, and and being emotionally open and whatnot. So, to all of us, we see that shit. I mean, I'm gonna tell you when I saw him crying, and then I saw the comments. You immediately go to the comments. Comments are everything. Yeah, yeah and then you're like, oh man, I ain't never doing that shit. I ain't going out like that because you 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 get fearful because <laughs> you're like they're not cooking me like they're cooking Tyrese. Just yeah. crying and they cooking. They don't have any sympathy for him. You know, Michelle, I, we could go on and on and on for hours about this. And I'm I'm gonna just tell you right now. I say this to a lot of uh, guests and whatnot, but we definitely have to have you on ASAP because we need to delve into your thesis because there's so much more to her thesis than what we even talked about. We just skimmed the the, the top. So um, promise me you'll come back on. I would love to come back, yeah. Awesome, I'm yeah. glad. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks Black for Guys having me. Couch. Of yeah. course, of course, I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. It's been another episode of Three Black Guys on the Couch. We would like you to like and to subscribe if you want more content like this. You should want more content like this because Michelle is amazing. I'm amazing. My uh, two co-hosts, they'll be back. They're amazing, even though they're they not like me. You shouldn't really care that much about them, but I digress. Three black guys on the couch. Thank you.